Hello and welcome back to In the Trenches podcast. Don't do that. I'm going to do it however I want to do it, so please be quiet. <laughs> Charlie's just going to redo it. I'm about to. No, you can't. I'm this is my day to open. Don't talk like that. I want to do my radio voice. You're the first thing they hear. There's no like, yeah. hey, like this is a the joke. No, it's not a joke. Okay, thank you. Ahem. <clears throat> Hello and welcome back to In the Trenches podcast. Today we have a great episode for you. It's me, Elliot, back and better than ever. I'm joined with Gary Garcia, Charlie, and we have Angie back again to talk about Generation Z. Hey guys, welcome back to In the Trenches podcast. I'm so sorry for the way Elliot introed this podcast. I think we just got new viewers just because of it. I think we just had some viewers tune off. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. But we're excited to be back for episode 10 of the podcast. We 10. just hit double digits. I mean, technically, if you count 00 as one, then this is 11. But no. on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, this Were we is on 00? Yeah. Yeah. That was the very first one. We just talked about who we are. The one that no one really listened to. Yeah, it's kind I of listened point. to it. Wow. Ah, sweet. There we go. Well, again, we are back with uh, the one and only Elliot Bland. Yep. Gary Garcia. Hello. And Angie. You don't even have to like really share who you are because everyone should know if they listened to the last one. Hopefully, yeah. right? Yeah. I know. Well, let's just do that. Just share where you're at, what uh, youth group you're a part of, uh, church, and we'll just talk about that real quick again. Uh, so my name is Angie Garrison, and I am a youth pastor at Living Word Assembly Church in Chino. And our youth group's name is Unashamed Youth. Sweet, sweet, sweet. I didn't ask you this the last episode, and this is something we've done with other like first-time guests on the show. Um, but do, do you have like a crazy youth ministry story that is just like only youth pastors would understand this? Oh gosh, which one? <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, yes, we got to youth convention in San Diego. I can't remember. It was a few years ago. And um, we got there, and we were ready to check in, running a little late because of traffic going from Chino to San Diego. Mm-hmm. And we get there, and I'm excited. We have this big group of people, and I go to the front counter, and I tell them, hey, we're here from Living Word Chino. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, what? And they're like, we don't have a reservation for you. Mm-hmm. And this was, like, one of the biggest crowds we brought, and my heart just dropped. It's like, you know, youth convention, like, hiccup. I was like, how... Are we going to be out here in San Diego without hotel rooms? Yeah. And then we had, um, then they were like, well, we can, we can rebook you, but for double the price. Oh my gosh. And I was going to freak out, but thankfully we, God knew we had a parent with us that never, ever usually goes. So she came along and she said, let them go. Um, I am a Hilton member. We will talk to, um, these people and we will make sure this is settled. By the time first service was over on Friday night, we had all our rooms, and we actually ended up paying less money for our rooms. But thank God you brought Karen with you on that uh, (laughs) trip. That is awesome. (laughs) She got it done. That's all I got to say. She She got got it done. She got the job done. That's uh, that's wild. I've run into many moments like that where I'm like, I they don't have our rooms down. Um, but that's awesome. Rooms down, bus missing, van missing. That's youth ministry. Yeah, exactly. Fun fact, the last time we was in San Diego, last year we had a mom that she was like, oh, if you want to use our van, like you can use it. I was like, sweet. Not knowing anything about the van or anything like that, I just knew it was a big van. She rolls up with this thing on at youth convention, like um, the day before youth convention, and I'm like, sweet. And I'm like walking around, and I see the back sticker that's on this van. I'm not going to say anything, but it says, 
there's a whole lot of ASS kids in this van. And I was like, oh, my it's a God. That's a true statement, no, too. <laughs> that could be the name of your youth ministry. There were a whole, there was a lot of them. Yeah, and so I was like, well, this is what we're rolling the youth mini- like youth convention in. And I remember getting to Town & Country and parking it where you couldn't see the uh, sticker. So uh, I was just like, I don't, I don't want anybody. Once you would have said we're from Norco, everyone would have understood, <laughs> though. Well, the, <laughs> that makes sense. Well, also the gun rack on top <laughs> gave it away. So uh, there's that. You see what it's I funny. again? It's every episode. You should have just covered like it with a MAGA sticker. That would have been. That would have been, oh been, been totally. Because I know you have a bunch in your office. So. Oh, there's that group from Norco again. Oh man. Uh, let's. Uh, let's. Oh man. I'm back. <laughs> well, we are not talking about MAGA today. Instead, we are talking about Generation. Z. Z. Um, this is a, a generation that if you're listening right now as a youth pastor, that is your youth ministry. Everyone that's from sixth grade to a senior in high school is considered Gen Z. And today we're going to really look and talk about this idea of how to lead Generation Z. How is Generation Z different than any other generation right now? And before the episode, Elliot corrected me because I had in my notes that Generation Z is really the newest generation. Yeah. And I have a son who... Uh, is not a part of Generation Z. Thank you very much. So I pulled up the list of the generations, okay? Starting in 1890. <laughs> 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 no, do you guys don't want to start there? Okay, 1910 was the greatest generation, uh, which is kind of like cocky to call themselves the greatest generation. Uh, and then 1925, 1910 to 1924, I guess, uh, the oldest today in that is 111. The youngest is 97. Then it's the silent generation. Then it was the baby boomer generation. Then it's Generation X, which I think is what Gary and Angie are a part of. But Angie, you're like a hybrid. A hybrid. Angie's kind of maybe Generation X, maybe millennial, depending on the day and yeah. who she's with, right? Because <laughs> uh, it goes Generation X, and then it's millennials. Uh, or the worst generation, and then, no, they're not called that. Charlie wasn't listening. What a millennial. He's on his phone. And then <laughs> it's Generation Z, and then the new one, I guess they started the alphabet over, so it's called Generation Alpha, which like it just, that. just like. Yeah, <laughs> but that's weird because that means Sick. the next one will be called Alpha, or no. Beta. Beta, yeah. yeah which is like. That's weird. Yeah, that's weak. You don't want to be a part of that, but <laughs> Sawyer's a part of Generation Alpha. Woo! But it'd be better than the silent generation. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. No, no, they're quiet. They're just shy. They're just shy. <laughs> That'd be Don't a bummer. Everyone's just shy. I would hate to say, yeah, I was part of the quiet. I was <laughs> a part of the silent ge- I definitely was not a part of the silent generation. Yes. Well, so wait, wait, wait we kind of talked about this. Gary's Generation X, Angie's Generation X or Millennial, depending on the, the chart. You're a Millennial, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Charlie. And then I am like what Angie is with generation x and millennials i'm like right on the verge of millennial and gen z and so i claim gen z yeah so we have a a representation of everybody here there you go we got it we got everybody well right now let's just dive into this first question as we talk about gen z and how to lead um, this next generation the question i want to ask you right now is this what's the biggest difference that you guys have seen with generation z versus any other generation 
I've, well, I've seen a lot of generations. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gary could probably answer this the best. Well, I mean, this generation is the first that does not know life without anything else True. but social media and yep. um, some of those things. I mean, you guys probably don't know life without internet. Would no. you? Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. But no, he doesn't. Well, like, I was that's born just, with it. That's just because he's from like, Norco. I didn't have... So I was born with, like, internet was available, but it was, like, as a kid growing up, I never was on on anything. Yeah, you had to, like, milk the cows and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't get no internet. (laughs) Oh, man. But this generation especially, they they don't know life without social media. Yeah, that's true. It's been part of it, just part of who they are. Like, you know, where we could say, oh, man, we just need a break from it. Well, they don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To take a break from it. And, and. I mean, just speaking from my generation, it has not been the healthiest thing for this generation. I mean, it's it's weird to even think about, like, I'm the youngest one in the room, right? But even I remember, like, my junior high and high school experience being way different than my students' junior high and high school in- mm-hmm. experience. Because, like, social media was starting, but it was not what it what it is now. I remember, like, some people had Instagram. I remember I thought Instagram was like a photo editing app. And the way that I found out that it wasn't was because my younger sister, uh, she knew that it was a social media app and we weren't supposed to have that Ooh, stuff. And so my mom found out that she had it and uh, someone had commented like WTF and my mom was like, do you know what that means? It means. And she said it and we were like, oh my mm. gosh, <laughs> chill mom. Mom said the word. Yeah, she, re- she really wanted to... She got the a point across, and she <laughs> did. You should have recorded that. Yeah. Oh, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this <laughs> podcast. But uh, just threw her under the bus. I I know it's funny because like even like for for myself, I would say, and I think for you as well, it's like we had. Did you ever have a MySpace? No, I didn't. Yes. I didn't. I didn't go into it because I didn't want to take the time to do it. We did one for our youth ministry for a little while. Okay. But we didn't. I didn't have one personally. I never was allowed to have one because my parents were convinced that I'd get molested. Or <laughs> <something>. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Through the screen. Yeah, like they, they they watched one Dateline and they were like, "You're not getting MySpace." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> oh man. <laughs> It actually <laughs> took me a minute to even get on social media. Like, my really? friends were on Facebook and stuff. And um, I just didn't I didn't want the whole world to know what I was doing. That was yeah. odd to me. Like, my yeah. friend would be like, just get on. I posted what happened today, and I would tell her, I don't want to know from this place of what happened to you mm-hmm. today. Like, I want to talk to you. Um, and we're the same age. Actually, she's older. Okay. So she's <laughs> I'm going to let her say I mentioned her on this. Nice. <laughs> she's definitely Gen X. I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember thinking, like, I don't want everybody to know what I'm doing. And I don't want to tell people that I love, like, what's happening with me through this place where all these other people see it. I yeah. want to just talk to you. Yeah. Or yeah. even text. I was okay yeah. with that. Yeah. And, and But going back to, like, the idea that I was about to get into is, like, I grew up with somewhat of social media when I was in, I think, fifth grade. I was able to really kind of, I don't even think I told my parents I had a MySpace, but I got one. That's dangerous. You were a prime (laughs) subject for that Dateline episode. A fifth grader with a MySpace, dude? You're crazy. (laughs) Charlie, do we need to talk, bro? I know. Oh, man. What were you saying? <laughs> I don't even remember, man. You had a MySpace. Fifth space. grader, MySpace. Fifth grader, MySpace. Boundaries. <laughs> okay. Well, but yeah, fifth grader, MySpace. 
Yes. <laughs> Can you keep going? <laughs> so they had MySpace. I didn't have MySpace. I didn't either. I do remember like going to Blockbuster. That's something I think that generation. Oh, you still Z, remember that? Oh, I loved it. Like my mom would convince me to not hang out with people by saying that I could go to Blockbuster. I was at Blockbuster every weekend. I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't go to parties, but I did hit up Blockbuster. And it was just better. Like watching movies was better that way, I think. Because like now I'll scroll through Netflix and I can't pick anything to watch and I'll just go to the same old thing. But like you went to Blockbuster and that was an experience. Yeah, what was. everyone is doing right now with GameStop on the mm. on the stock app, I wish that would have happened with Blockbuster <laughs> and they would have saved it. Mine was a Hollywood video. Oh, 100%. I went to Hollywood video, yeah, yes. but then they closed down and then I switched to Blockbuster. But Hollywood video... That was the move. That right was the there. spot. I know. Um, but going back, hopefully I can say this without <laughs> laughing right now. Yeah, you but got like it. I, I had a, I had a MySpace when I was in about fifth grade, I think fifth or sixth grade, and then it jumped to Facebook. But Facebook was like for like that older generation, yep. quote unquote. And so, but it wasn't until really Instagram hit, and it was like my senior year in high school when Instagram became yeah. popular or really just started. But that was like the first real like social media platform where you just had it on your phone. Yeah. And that was it. And that like changed the game. And so as a kid growing up, I never really had social media at the like at my fingertips. But this generation that we are ministering to right now, this generation that we're leading, they have this. And I think um, one thing that I've noticed is probably the biggest difference. And obviously, I'm just a millennial, so I don't I'm not super far away from Gen Z. But this generation is the first generation where if they have questions, they don't go to their parents to ask them. They go to their phones. Yeah. And I think that has played such a huge way, uh, uh, such a huge difference for us as pastors and us as leaders to pastor this generation. Because if they wanted to, and this is a scary part, and I tell our kids all the time to watch out for this. If they want to, like they get a verse that they see or there's a question they have about the Bible, they won't go to a pastor. They will go to YouTube. And I tell them, I'm like, probably 80% of what you're going to find on YouTube is biblically incorrect. And you just need to like watch out for what you're looking at. And I think that has played such a huge um, even concept in what we talked about in the last episode when we were all together on making sure we are actually understanding what the Word of God says yeah. because there's so much that's out there for this generation to really atta like, attach to their life and it can lead them astray. Well, it's part of the reason like why the Bible and coming back to just like the foundation of scripture is so necessary because like the way that we receive information and the way we even get news through Facebook and Instagram and through our phones. I mean, we've seen it, especially in 2020, like mm. it's tainted the idea of truth. Like yeah. it's hard even for me to just know what to believe. I see something and someone posts something and a news article, mm -hmm. you know, says something. And I'm just sitting, you, there's another news article that says a completely different <laughs> thing. You like, you can find something that plays to your bias or plays to what you already want to believe. Yeah. And so I think that's why it's like in all of that messiness and sort of the gray of it all, it's nice to come back to the, the foundation and the black and white of scripture and just knowing that this is the source of truth. I don't, I, I, can't tell you about everything else, but I do know that this is my this is my compass, right? This is what I I'm constantly going back to, and like that's why what we talked about last week is so important because Gen Z needs that more than anyone else. We're yeah. all we're all experiencing this, but they're experiencing it like Gary said on another level where they have nothing to compare it to. Mm. Like even I have some other things to compare it to, 
they have nothing to compare it to. This is normal for them. Yeah. And so that's why we really got to get them grounded in this idea of truth. Because I think that's the biggest danger. We talk, there's self-esteem issues that have come with, you mm-hmm. know, social media. There's, there's like, there's so many, it's changed the way people, like, I, I didn't know how to talk to girls really, but I, I would try, you know. I, I one time uh, went, there's this girl I had a crush on in high school, and I like went up to her because all my friends were like, dude, you got to go up to her. And so I, I like, I had my backpack on like super tight. I don't know if you did that where you just like pulled the no, strap. It was cool to have it like hanging. No, dude. Far back. Oh my gosh. No, it's tight. Cause it made your chest look like you were strong. And so, so, fat, so it, oh. it didn't work for me. <laughs> I, so, well, hey, Elliot has his issues Junior too. high, <laughs> Gary, we don't need to talk about that. I was in high school and I had slimmed out. So I was cool with Hey guys, it, wait for me. Cause I didn't have moves but uh anyways (laughs) i went up to talk to this girl and i like only knew what i saw in movies and so i asked i actually asked for her number and then i like reached in my backpack and the only thing i had to write her number down was a highlighter and so i wrote her number down i was so excited and then later i went and i looked at my hand (coughs) and highlighter doesn't stay on skin (laughs) and so her her number erased from my skin so all of it was gone but now all you got to do is just message you know slide in the dms like people build relationships without ever having to talk to each other and so it's just it is weird yeah the the way they view the world and is different than ever before and i'd say the majority of teenagers that i still work with including some that live in my house um don't know how to communicate no mm-hmm. like when you go to talk to to some of them they're just like dude they can't order food yeah you know what i'm saying like oh. the the waiter or waitress comes to the table and they're like mm-hmm. they won't say anything to a strange, uh, another human being, but yeah. they will also, this was what was kind of interesting about online church and like quarantine youth is I saw some students who I'd never s- heard, like seen say anything blossom and, yes. th- and not only like someone in a bad way, like they were, these kids would never have the guts to be disruptive on a Tuesday <laughs> night, but they're commenting these ridiculous things and they're just being funny because they feel the most comfortable and the most like themselves when they're behind a screen, when yeah. they got headphones on and they're talking on, you know, PlayStation or Xbox. Like, it's just, it's it's weird what it's done. But even with that, there were students that we would go to live yeah. during that, yeah. and they wouldn't, they were, they were so intimidated just by talking to someone live, yeah. they would, their camera would be facing their roof, yep, and they true. would never come on camera with us. They yeah. just, we'd hear them talking, but they wouldn't actually look at us. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy, but I think even that can even trickle into like millennials because there's stories yeah. even with myself where I'm like, there's awkward moments as a kid growing up. I was like, I didn't want to talk to somebody. I'd rather. It was like, all on his MySpace. <laughs> it was though. <laughs> like, I hey, stories, hey, little man. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta stop. Oh, <laughs> we gotta stop. You gotta stop. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> 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 just <got> him going. <laughs> yeah, Gary, that was Gary's fault. I was not. <laughs> I don't take much to like get pushed, and then he did it. But uh, sorry, Charlie, I remember for yeah. me good old days where like just um, having a phone in my room, that phone that glowed uh-huh. when it rang, and you'd actually talk to people on the phone, like with the line, like the, yeah, with an the, actual line, you had to be connected to it, right? Yeah. You couldn't even, or fighting with my siblings because. Um, I grew up with uh, my brother, who's a year and a half younger than me, and um, I'm a blended family, so I actually ended up with, like, a twin. Mm. Um, so all of us were, like, same, you know, junior, senior, sophomore, 
freshmen like give me the phone and so it was like we would fight get on the phone and and tell each other get off the phone or my dad would be like get off the phone and you know you can't even do that on your kids stuff all you could do is cut off their like yeah um screen time yeah so they can't talk to anybody but I mean I remember having to actually physically you know get the phone dial and talk to somebody on the other line not just you know write the messages I mean it was like it's like a skill like being able to talk on the phone well is something that like like some people just dread you know what I'm saying like it's that idea of like and it's weird because it's almost like coming back in a certain way like through FaceTime where there's certain people I don't make many phone calls but a lot of my friends they'll just FaceTime me or I'll FaceTime them uh which I like that and it's kind of bringing back that that same sort of thing of like that just talking on the phone with people being face to face uh but it's not a lot of students that are into that. They're they're the ones who are like, they won't answer, and then they'll text you back and be like, "What? Did somebody die? Like, what's going on? Why are yeah. you calling me?" See, it's funny because I think in, in quarantine there was something when I started hanging out with more and more students. Once things were starting to get lifted, I, I saw a shift with this, like with Generation Z, where they were telling me, "Granted, this is Norco, and we don't, we only have like home lines, I guess." But dial up, dial up. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. But they were saying how they were more inclusive of actually talking on the phone rather than texting. Yeah. And I think it was just because they missed like having the normal conversation with somebody. And it was weird to see that because like for me personally, it's like I hate calling somebody. <laughs> it's like I'm going to text you or like you just said, like FaceTime. But I, I, I've seen this switch in our students where they are ready for those kind of conversations. And again, that probably has a lot to do with COVID. But. It's just crazy to see how this generation is really just different in in general. Different. In They're built different. Um, you're not built different, but this generation I'm is. I am <laughs> built different. Yeah, you gotta um, pull that backpack a little bit tighter. Exactly. Um, but I, the question I really want to get into right now is this: is what are some practical ways we as youth pastors and us as leaders can really minister to Generation Z? Maybe some things that you guys are even doing right now that you've seen work or some things you haven't seen work. Yeah, I think the biggest thing and this is like Gary and I have talked a lot about this. It's it's good to recognize, you know, like to be realistic about Generation Z and understand, especially with that, like like he was saying about they don't know anything except for the Internet and their phones and. And especially with how addicting that is, I would encourage every youth pastor here to go watch, uh, what's it called, The Social Dilemma. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a great documentary that can go in depth in a way that we can't. One thing that they said in there that I like thought was so interesting is like the only two industries that refer to its customers as users is drugs and tech. Hmm. And so it's just it speaks to the addictive nature and what tech is doing and playing to like our base desires and uh, and it's something to be aware of and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, human beings have been ultimately the same throughout generations and generations. There's certain things that have defined us as generations, but as human beings, the, the beauty of like our job is that we were created to need a savior, right? Mm-hmm. And like, so as pastors, like there's some simplicity. Like I hate when we go to conferences and there's some person who is like, you're doing youth ministry wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, because a lot of it is basic. Like, you don't have to rework your youth ministry completely every mm-hmm. time a new generation rises up. Be aware of the 
the the uniqueness of their struggle and the way that they view the world for sure yeah but they're human beings that need jesus and mm -hmm. like and the truth of scripture is still so relevant and still so powerful and so in some ways we can talk about strategy and like being aware of some things using social media to to the best of our ability all that type of stuff but at the end of the day they need relationship with other people in a way that we've always needed that and they need to get connected to god ultimately yeah. whether they realize it or not that's what they need and so there's like um i don't know whether you feel equipped with this generation or not whether you get their lingo or not you can do it um because it's not as difficult as we always make it mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah no i get you i think one thing too and, and you kind of talked about it though um I think one of the biggest things when it comes to ministering to this generation is how um, personal they are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, for me, like, my generation, like, I feel like we can be fine if we've, like, we talk to someone, say what's up, and then we move on. Like, we keep things very surface level. But I've seen this generation more than any other generation, like, want to talk about their feelings. Mm -hmm. Like, they open up a lot yeah, more than, I would say, my generation. And understanding that when it comes to ministering to them, it's like that plays in our favor. And I'm not trying to say like this is it's how you're going to get your student to open up. But it's like if they're going to be willing to have that conversation, that's half the battle right there. And so if you can have those type of conversations and being able to minister to them in that way, it's like that just plays right into what we want to do. Yeah, it's almost like a cry for help in a sense yeah. when they open up like that. I remember um, youth convention this 2020 and 2019 well do we skip 2019 was it 2018 when we did that anyways the last two oh, conventions yeah. we had i remember during i think it was both town and country locations we um we were out there we did the after after service um questions and we split our group up into the boys and mm -hmm. the girls and um of course my husband was with the boys group and i was with the girls group and i was blown away at what came out in that small i mean blown away like i and i have a lot of um, girls talk to me about a lot of stuff, but I mean, the fact that they were willing to share just not with me, but with the group that was in there, it was crazy. We were, and then I, when I talked to my husband, it was like the same thing with the guys. Yeah. We were like blown away at what they had opened up in front of us, the other leaders and their peers. And it was almost like they were, you know, cries out for um, help, but at the same time, like wanting their peers to know, like, I'm hurting as much as you're hurting. So that was, that was kind of cool that we did um, notice with the the last two conventions I think more than any convention we had was like it just like opened up and we were really surprised especially mm -hmm. because we always hear about how they're so into their social media and this and they don't lift their heads and but to hear their their hearts that day it was it was pretty it was pretty amazing yeah I think given the chance they're they're still teenagers and they're yeah. going to um you know, the one thing I can say is teenagers have always been teenagers in, in the time that I've been doing this. And, and while they're, the outside is a little bit different in how they do things or interact, the inside's still the same. Yeah. And they're just hungry to figure it out and, yeah. and want to be loved and want to be known. And, um, you know, so that hasn't changed even with this one. And so I think there's some things in youth ministry when it comes to ministering to teenagers just, that just don't change, you know. Yeah. Um, that they stay the same. But I would say the one thing for us that I really think we have to remind this this generation of Christian teenagers, um, because I do, I would say that this generation, more than, than others in the past, are very, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? I can't think of the phrase, but they, they just, they feel like they're owed everything. Yeah. Uh, entitled. Entitled. Um, I would say this is an entitled generation. This is or isn't? Is. Oh, yeah. Um, very much mm -hmm. so. And so, like, with our student, uh, 
we started a, a thing for our youth, and, and it really is student leaders, but we call it the Youth Academy. And the really big thing that, that I wanted them to understand is when they became part of that is they're not student leaders. Mm. They're servants. Yeah. And really trying to help this generation of teenagers understand what it is to be a servant, that Jesus came to serve. He didn't come with a crown on his head and an army behind him. He came to serve. Yeah. And, and so if we can really, that's one of the ways for, for us to minister to these teenagers is help them have that understanding of what it is to be a follower of Jesus, what it is to be like Jesus. Yeah. And I think that can serve, it serves any generation, but in particular this generation. Yeah, and yeah. I think you, like, what you just said right now is like so perfect because I think Generation Z is a generation that wants to belong to something. Like they want to cling yeah. on to something so much. They want to fight for a cause. They want to see change happen. And that's how we see a lot of our kids like jump onto certain areas, certain issues that maybe don't align with what the Word of God says. And it goes back to like what you were saying, Gary, is like if we show them this generation like the truth of Jesus and the truth of what the Word says, it's like see, and you can see them being on fire for Jesus and catch and just hold on to that. It's like they will fight tooth and nail for Jesus, and they will be able to bring this to their friends. And you probably every one of us has um, students in our group that are like that. That as soon as they've like ho- got hooked on this, it's just like they don't want to turn back, and it's because they've um, they jumped on this cause, they jumped on this. I don't want to call it a Jesus train, but that's like what it is. And I've seen that so much Choo more choo. in generations <laughs> <laughs> with this generation than I would say my generation. Yeah. Well, and I think too like. It just, it is a different world that they're living in. And, you know, even like what they prioritize, you kind of talk about like just what people try to do for youth ministry with millennials, you know, was very like the cool yeah. youth ministry name and the vibe and like making it like a coffee shop or a club or, a, you know, like all that type of stuff. It was in it, you know, it was sort of like because I was so new and different and like we didn't see that stuff before. How many couches can you fit in your youth? Or, you know, like whatever, like. <laughs> All that stuff, and I think, like, especially Gen Z, that there's so much, like, they've just been desensitized to a lot of things. Like, everything is at their fingertips. There's so, like, so a club feel, isn't that cool to them? Because that's, they, they're buying jeans, and there's a DJ in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's, like, what they care about more is genuine relationship, because that's what is not, that's what's different to them, you know? And so they'll go to an abandoned, you know, graveyard or it doesn't matter like if it's with people that they really yeah, care about. Yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah. to have all the frills is what I'm saying. It's not trying to be spooky with yeah. you, Charlie, but was a little like, yeah, you're there. a little scared, but uh, I'm saying it doesn't matter where they'll go. You don't have to have all the frill. Like it just has to be a place with people that they care about. And uh, I think another thing that they're dealing with that's really different than most generations is just like this struggle with mental health on mm-hmm. a level uh, that's just, I think more extreme Yeah. for multiple reasons. I would say like, and I mean, we don't have to like really dive deep into that. Maybe that's another episode, but uh, I think it's something to be aware of. Like yeah. their workload, I forget what the exact uh, statistic was, but I was reading an article that was talking about how like the the homework load of like a teenager today is equivalent to what a rocket scientist was having to do. Or I'm saying it completely wrong, so don't take my word for it. But it <laughs> it was just comparing that like. The, the the homework they're doing is not even the same homework we were doing. Yeah, like I get all. so annoyed because sometimes students are like, I can't, you know, 
I can't be a youth. I got homework. I got homework. I'm like, really? Like, I, you know, I was in high school. We had <laughs> homework. Like, just do your homework. But then I'm seeing, like, it, it, it is just different. And it things is. have advanced. And, uh, and they're going through different struggles than, than we've faced mentally. Yeah. Um, and so I think being sensitive to that and being aware of it and guarding against this victim culture that's so prevalent right now, just in culture today. So then it's especially going to be prevalent with Gen Z, yeah. where it's really being kind of like taught that in order to have a voice, you have to be a victim. Mm -hmm. Like your victimhood gives you a seat at the table, right? Yeah. Whether it's your gender or your race or your background, you know, whatever it is, like there's this idea that like if you if you're not a victim, then you don't deserve to talk. And mm -hmm. so they find their identity in victimhood, like because that's what's happening right now. And, and we've all gone through struggles, but I think that's something we've got to see and fight against with these students, Generation Z specifically, you know, and teaching them that your identity is found in Christ. Like you can't cling to victimhood because it's so weird. It, it's like almost perverted the way that people hold on to like this yeah. label of victimhood with such sincerity and love and like it, it, it just defines them because it's what gives them a voice because yeah. it what w is what allows them to speak it's what allows them to tweet you know whatever like and so i think we're having to actively fight against that like normally we're fighting against people going through struggle mm -hmm. but on a deeper level now we're having to fight against people holding on to that struggle because it's the only thing that gives them identity yeah and I, and I think you hit something earlier, too, when it comes to being sensitive to, like, this generation's, like, situation. Because there was, like, one thing, especially, like, as a kid growing up that I used to, I just could not stand hearing. And that was, like, oh, I went through with the same struggles you're going through. And it's, like, not really. Because yeah. the struggles, and I'm saying this now for us as youth pastors and youth leaders that are listening. It's, like, the struggles that our students are going through right now are struggles that we never went through. It's true. You know, yeah, we might feel somewhat of the same emotions that they're going through. But it's on a whole different level. Especially right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, with like we never had to have our prom canceled because yeah. of a pandemic. We never had to not get to graduate and do all those things because uh, the world was shut down. You know, like yeah. it, on an extreme level, it, it was already true. But 2020 has been like the crucible that has made it to the to the next level of seeing that take place. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to us as youth pastors and us, us as youth leaders being sensitive to the situation that we have our, our, our students are in right now and being able to read that and be able to see that in their faces, in their emotions, in the way they're acting. And I think that can be so such a huge and a beneficial way for us when it comes to um, discipling them, when it comes to leading them in this whole this this whole generation, in this speci um, specifically in this time we're in right now, but. What I'd like for us to do is, obviously, we talked a lot about Gen Z, and we talked about how to minister to them, and kind of just what's so different about this generation than any other generation. Um, one thing that I think is, is such a great tool that Generation Z I've seen, at least, is their camaraderie with each other and the the way they get to interact with each other. I mean, for instance, it, it's funny because obviously I follow a lot of our students on Instagram, but it's like. And maybe this happens for you guys. If like one of our students posts mm -hmm. like these like cool like whatever yep. model pictures they all try to be like like every one of them reposts it and like yeah, oh yeah, and they yeah. like hype them up and their or comments. then the boys do like they post like 
slime emojis three times and yeah. then ice emoji three times and then like a gorilla emoji three times and i'm just like why do you do that and they're just like we just do it it's what we do yeah exactly yeah. it's like we're just hyping each other up yeah and it's like they have each other's back which is awesome and it's just like there's that camaraderie so what i'm what i want to ask is how do we equip gen z to minister to their peers yeah that's that's a really good point uh and like a good segue because they they're already like built that way mm-hmm. and thinking that way and so if we get a little bit strategic we can really use that to our advantage exactly so what are some like maybe tips tools that you guys have seen work maybe some things you haven't seen work i don't know it's kind of a tough situation i think because we do we you know i think all of us always tell our our uh, students that they are the best missionaries to their mission fields yeah. because mm-hmm. they're um, they have relationship with those people they're in close contact but i we were talk i was talking to our students last night and i let them know like yeah, sometimes when you when you share the love of Jesus, you're going to get persecuted. Mm. You're going to get, you know, told things. You're going to get blocked. You're going to get whatever else. So I think it's being honest with them that when they are going to go out there on those mission fields, like don't expect like everybody to give you fire emojis and flowers and 100 <laughs> percent and whatever else they put up there, because, you know, it's it might rattle some cages. Yeah. Um, and even in the rattling, it, you know, it, it might make people think. And I told them, you know, be patient with your friends and, and love on them. And don't, you know, our thing is don't ever cram Jesus down anybody's throat. Just be the example and, and share when you can. But, um, but just setting, up, setting them up for the expectation that um, they're probably not going to get 100% like, yay you, yeah. like I'm so excited for you. And that they might actually, unfortunately, lose a friend or two in it. So just keeping it real with them. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things. With youth ministry in general, is always keeping it real with with the students. Yeah. You know, not not trying to be something that you're not as a youth leader. Not trying to tell them things that just sound good, mm-hmm. but being real with them. Um, and sometimes it hurts. You know, sometimes they don't want to hear the truth, but they'll always come back. And I think you guys have all had that where somebody's left upset or frustrated with you, and but they come back and they're like, "Wow, you know, I learned or whatever else." But I just think maybe just setting them up for. That it's not going to be, you know, like you said, you're in victim mentality. Don't be the victim of of your post and be like, oh, everybody hates me. But just be prepared for what might come, yeah. you know, when you're sharing God's word. And I always tell them, Jesus said, if they hated me, hey, mm-hmm. they're going to hate you too. So, you know, yeah. they hated Jesus. Yeah. I think a huge thing that we could do to, like, really help this generation practically is, like, I mean, if you ask any people in your youth ministry, like, what do you want to do? after high school or like you know when you grow up or whatever like this generation more than any other it's not like oh, a doctor or a, you know firefighter or whatever i want to be famous i want to be yeah. a youtuber yeah. i want to be an, an instagram model like yeah an influencer like there's this drive because of social media and it's all they've ever known to to think that like the only sort of relevance you have is your social relevance you know and and that it, you know, it seems like a nice gig too. Like you're, you post a few things and you make millions of dollars. Like <laughs> I get the the desire, but I think if we can really equip them, it goes back to discipleship, you know, and getting a grasp of truth and reality and um, it, use, use it. Like yeah. I love that we can, we have that share thing on our Instagram posts. And so we all do it. Our leaders do it and students start to do it too. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. It's an easy way for kids who don't like talking to people to like invite people to youth. It's the bare minimum they could do is just <laughs> post the youth post on their Instagram page, but really starting to on a deeper level, get them to understand like uh, 
what like true identity comes from and and it's not just victimhood and it's not just chasing everyone knowing you like it's not being known but making jesus known and like how freeing that truly is and like not just cliche and christian but like really getting our students to understand like there's such freedom and stop chasing the approval of everyone else Mm -hmm. and trying to be famous and trying to be relevant and trying to fit in a box god made you unique Gen Z is so creative. Like yeah. we should tap into that creativity and not try to to you know uh, get them to stop. Like we should really try to inspire it, but but point yeah. it in the right direction. And and I, it goes back to what you were saying earlier, Charlie. Like they've got passion. Like if any generation can change the world, Generation Z can do it. Like because they're they will do it. Like yeah. they they're the ones. I had students like when when things were going on socially, just like putting f- GoFundMe's. To things that like I, they didn't even know what they were donating money to or what what it was going to, but they were just like, "I've got to be a part of something," yeah. you know. And like, they might not have done it the right way, <laughs> but they the, their their heart was in the right place. Yeah. And so, if we can equip and and inspire this generation, I believe they are the ones that can really change the world, change their schools, change their homes. But it, it comes back to that thing we talked about last week. It's through discipleship. Yeah. It's not through being creative with your Instagram, having a YouTube. That stuff's great, and it will help. But it comes back to the relationships, mm-hmm. helping them realize who they really are and and what they can do. And, and you know, and uh, on that individual level, that's how we can really see this generation change. Yeah, no, I think that's like spot on right there. And it, exactly what you were saying is just like if, when we give them that direction, because like you just said, they're want, they want to see change. They want to have this moment where they can feel like they've impacted the world in a sense. And it's like if we can change the trajectory of maybe they're doing the wrong thing at the moment. But if we can change that trajectory to Jesus, it's like it's insane what that can look yeah, like. Let them loose. Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing, too. That would be so. It is a great idea, and you kind of like sparked this idea, Elliot. Was when it comes to like figuring out how to reach this next generation, this Generation Z. It's like having Generation Z be a part of your team. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I can sit here and say like, oh, I know how they're feeling, I know what they're going through, but at the end of the day, I really don't. And it's like having that generation a part of your team is going to be so key. And with that, the the question that comes up is with having Generation Z a part of our leadership teams, because a lot of us that are listening right now, there are some young adults that are in your group that are a part of Generation Z. Obviously, like Elliot, like you're Generation Z right now. And so the question that I want to ask is this, as, as youth pastors, how can we best lead, not so much our students right now, but how can we best lead our leaders that are Generation Z? I think we have to have certain expectations on them and let them know and understand what that is and, mm-hmm. and expect them to meet the bar. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, too many young adult leaders that you have, and, and I know that we've had um, a lot of times those ones you're trying to correct and guide and get them going because they, they just like the students in the youth group, this is what they've known, this is what they've experienced. So yeah. they don't necessarily see it as wrong or, or anything. And I think it comes back to really – um, when you're working with them is, is having those expectations of, I mean, how many times have you had to go to a leader and say, Hey, you can't post that. Yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> like, it's not okay. Um, and, and again, we still have to correct. We still have to guide. We still have to walk life. But, um, I think a lot of it does. I really try to have clear expectations with my leaders when it comes yeah. to what they can and can't 
post and do. Yeah, and, it's not um, even a bad idea to like maybe have like a leadership contract. Yeah. You know, um, we do that some seasons. Some seasons we don't. But it, it's a nice thing to go back to, and it's not you know like so official. But it's just something nice to go back to that when they do post that thing or when they do. Uh, I don't know, whatever it is, you, you know, like that, yeah. that incident happens, you're able to come back and be like, we, we were clear about like what this was and what this looked like. And you, you signed up to be a part of it. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't force you to do this. Like, and, and again, we talked about this a few episodes ago, but d don't be a salesman of leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be the person who convinces people to be a part of your team. Because then you're going to have people who aren't called to it on your team. And then yeah. they're going to act like people who aren't called to it. And then you're going to be frustrated. So allow the people who are called to, and that isn't to say to, to find people. You know, yeah. we already talked about all that. But have people who are called to it on your team. Um, and then, yeah, have those difficult conversations. Like, we've got, this isn't an easy job. Like, yeah. it, it's not going to just, we, we've got to constantly be doing it. And, you know, Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary of doing what's good for in due season you'll reap a harvest like continually just that's what i always come back to like i don't want to get tired of doing what i know to to work right mm -hmm. like and so come back to the basics and you could have new strategy for all of it new posting new series new all that but ultimately just keep doing what's good keep planting those seeds and you will reap a harvest mm -hmm. but on the other side you need them um they they bring something to the table um, they have an understanding of ways to reach their generation that as a 49-year-old youth pastor, I don't. Yeah. And and so they, they still, you know, have such an important role and, and a place and a part. And, and so I think while challenging them and, and having those expectations, um, man, they're a gift and they have a calling and they have an understanding of how to reach a generation that, um, you know, some youth pastors don't. We know how to love them and disciple them and, and be there for them. But these these young adult Gen Z leaders, they know how to reach them. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's so key. And I've even found that I'm, I mean, I'm 26. I'm not that old. <laughs> I know, I know. But there's even moments now, like Robert, the guy that does the sound for the podcast, he'll say, this is such a great idea. And I look at this idea, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, it's not stupid to this generation. Yeah. Like this idea, even though there's no way like I would ever come up with it, there's no way I would ever think of even doing it. It's having those people on your team that is this next generation that you're allowing to even talk into your life to have those kind of conversations of, hey, this is a good idea. We should run with something like this and allowing that to flourish and allowing that to work like that. And so like exactly just to add on to what Gary was talking about, it's so key to have those people around us to be able to minister to this next generation. Agreed. Agreed. I like both that, you know, you do want to have that creativity, but at the same time, like Gary said, that accountability, Yeah. you know, hold them to the fire. And, and because hopefully one day, even if, you know, they're, they might end up taking over youth ministry exactly. and, and they yeah. know how to do it. They know what, what they're called to do and, and to be accountable for what they're called to do. Yeah. yeah. They right. got to be ready when Gen Alpha starts coming to youth, bro. They're going to be jacked up kids, man. They're going to need some help. <laughs> Gin Alpha. Yeah. Man, well, this was a crazy episode. Yeah, we, you got vulnerable <laughs> and, <we'll laughs> and shared some things. This is a safe space. Oh, my gosh. Well, I just want to. Who is your top five? Top five? Oh, I forgot MySpace did top fives. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who was my top five? I, I don't I A lot can't of remember. guys with <laughs> mustaches and stuff. 
You, you have a mustache. I know. Just I rock don't, it, though. I don't remember anything from MySpace. Like, I had it for sure. I just can't remember... I just think love of the custom, like just you think can of, customize yeah, everything. You could, yeah, you could have your song. You it could do your song. Cool. That was so sweet. It was better than Facebook. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. We Tom Tom wouldn't have been taking anything dude, down my, from did, people. Did, oh, God. You know uh, MySpace is still around? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a huge like streaming platform it's, now for it's music. It's the only thing Trump has. <laughs> He's on MySpace, I'd say. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> Yikes. Well, there we go again. But... um. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode, kind of a little bit of clarity and just conversation on talking about how to lead Generation Z, how to lead them as a youth pastor, how to lead Generation Z when they come into leadership. Um, If there's any questions you have on anything we talked about, you can go ahead and DM us at SoCal Youth Pastors. But Elliot, thank you so much for being here. Gary? Yep. And Angie, it was, all, it, was a, it was nice to have you back for another episode. Thank God we kept Angie for this episode. Because imagine, like... We would it, still be laughing right <laughs> now. No, Angie, Angie was, like, the... What we... what Like, this is why we all have wives that just keep <laughs> us in check and, like, help bring it back. Because I was thinking that we... I didn't know how to get you guys back when you were laughing. And Angie's just like, so this is what we... And it was so... I was like, thank God she's here. <laughs> yeah, it... it, it was a uh, perfect key piece for what we needed especially for this episode yeah for real it was fun once again good um well thank you guys so much for tuning in and hope to see you next week gosh dang it i did it again seeing (laughs) anyone charlie they can't even see us tune in next week listen listen next week there we go later guys